Evening everybody, Lee here. Uh, our regular listeners will know that we recently did a Supernatural Stories episode, or not, depending on your beliefs. Uh, but it seems to have gone down quite well, and we've spoken to a few people who said they've got interesting stories of their own. So, as we tempted the idea at the end of our last episode, we're going to do a follow-up at some point. So if any of you have uh, stories of your own that you think would be interesting, that you wouldn't mind us sharing with the listeners... Uh, feel free to either record them and email them over to us at info at welcometohorror.com or otherwise you can type them out and send them to us and we will read them out on the show. Uh, If you'd rather not use your name, we will use your first name otherwise, but if you'd rather go under an alias, include that in the message and we'll be sure to use that. Thanks very much and enjoy the show. Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm a madam. Hey. And we are here this evening for another roundup of shit that we've been watching. Um, not all of it will be shit, hopefully, but I, I do have to tell you, at the end of last episode, I lied to you and the listeners, guys, um, and I apologise. The reason for it is, when I watch a film, I make quite a few notes, well, like half a page's worth. And when I do what we've been watching, I just write down the titles. And when I looked at my paper, I had loads of stuff written down. So I thought, oh, I've written, I've watched loads of things. So I said, oh, I've got loads to cover. I then realized having at the end of the recording, actually I'd watched one thing and it had annoyed me so much. I'd (laughs) written a massive amount of notes on it. So, uh, well, that's very valuable too. Just to warn you, something's getting its ass torn out this evening. Um, (laughs) There will be spoilers, or, or, or to or to entice. Okay, <laughs> you know that's that's it. People have gone right. I'm pausing this. Mm. Cut the tea. Yeah. Have a fag. Get myself right, set. I'm in. Uh, get myself comfy. I'm in for this. <laughs> um, uh, there will be spoilers. There will be swearing. Uh, There's there already be... been swearing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So let us kick off this week with adam what have you been hello this is not so much we have been watching this is we have been playing um Mm. but i think it's sort of i think it's relevant and it's certainly just a fucking good time frankly um yeah so me and claire got a thing from amazon called cryptic killers Mm. murder of a millionaire and what it is, is you get this folder and it's done exactly like an evidence folder. Uh, you open it up, you've got like photographs, you've got copies of receipts, copies of newspapers, bits, you know, just general bits and pieces and stuff like that. Um, and the autopsy report, etc. No, no, nothing's grisly. It, you know, it's all sort of like what what I would say was in accepted levels of someone who wanted to do like a crime thing. Yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not a full blown, uh, like close up of the huge ricochet bullet. It's just a 
a drawing and some photographs tastefully done you know nice. so, mm. um but um yeah and you are then you're given the note a note from the investigating officer basically saying this is where i am with it but i've got to go i've got to, um go on holiday uh can you you know here's the crime solve it and then oh. you have to go through and piece it together and it was fucking great it really was um i i'd imagine it's something as, as a game i would imagine that it's sort of something that works with a whole load of you it would work uh, a, a, someone on their own could do it it's do, do you know what i mean it's just a really in sort of intriguing little mystery and basically you're given all these bits and pieces and for example um the person <laughs> the person who's um given you the case like the investigating officer who's handed it over says oh you can log into my inbox as well so you've got access to their um mm -hmm. all their emails some of which may be relevant to the case and some oh. of which may not be because obviously they're doing other cases yeah and but it's it's really i mean there's I, I kind of want to avoid giving any of the things away because it was just so satisfying doing it but it was like to have some answers you would have to go right well this report in this newspaper says this happened this list here proves that person was there so we're counting them out for the moment mm. Do you know what i mean you're like right they, they've got They've got what we think is a good alibi. Yep. And so you basically are given this selection of people. Sorry, that's it. Yes. Yeah, so someone's been murdered. They give you the storyline and um, should have said that at the start, really. Um, <laughs> uh, and basically, yeah, they've um, someone's been killed. You're given a list of a list of people and contacts, some of whom are suspects. And yeah, you sort of work it out from there. And I think we probably. I think the the game sort of list that is roughly about two and a half hours. Hmm. I think we were about two hours when we did it. Um, That's pretty good then. And 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 again, no spoilers, but we fucking solved it. So <laughs> you know, it's it's not going to be one of the. It's it doesn't feel like I had that worry. You know, when you play a computer game, but you haven't played computer games for fucking years, and you yeah. just get stuck completely. Sort of, well. <laughs> For, for me, it's like roughly around the time of the Mega Drive was the last time mm. I was gaming on a regular basis. Probably or, no PS2, probably. Ah, oh, yeah. well done, Lee. I'm holding up my Mega Drive for the camera. For the benefits <laughs> of the tape, is holding up his Mega Drive. But um, but yeah, it's just such a. It was like a fun little thing, and I think there is a crossover of like horror and crime, like as genres. I think that you tend to find people who like horror will also watch crime or there's a lot of crime in horror. Silence of the Lambs is probably the best example where it's like mm, shot like yeah. a horror film, but it's a police procedural essentially. Yeah. That sounds excellent. I think I might have yeah. to that up myself. It's, uh... Well, me, me and Claire are definitely going to do another one. And just to put it out there, there is one called, I believe it's, um, yes, the one we did was called Murder of a Millionaire. And there's one called Murder at the Movie Theatre. Which is, uh, which takes place during like a Halloween film festival. Oh. Mm. So I yeah, down. And the one, I mean, the one that we, the one we did was set in the UK, but I think the murder at the movie theatre one's set in America. So there's like, it's not all the same 
scenarios and possibly not even the same, you know, process of yeah. um, evidence gathering and stuff like that. So, but that yeah, it's incredible. just, it's really good and you just really get into it. And like I said, I mean, we were like fucking smug as assholes <laughs> when we, it was like we were, we were fucking right. We were right <laughs> and the right people went down. <laughs> We didn't have we didn't have to fit anyone up. You know. <laughs> Good job. Excellent. So there. So highly work. recommended. It's called yeah, like I say, it's called cryptid kill uh, cryptic killers, not cryptid killers. That's something completely different. Uh, cryptic killers, and yeah, I think they've got like about. I think they've got about five different cases that you can get so far, mm. and um, yeah, it's really, yeah, just really worth worth a go. That'd be a bit okay. weird being a cryptid killer because they don't yeah. exist. So, well, exactly, it'd be know, a non-existent. Yeah, or, or do you just sit back on your laurels and claim you've done a very good <laughs> job? <of it? laughs> you don't see any, do you? No. Yeah, don't see Fair any. Enough. That's me, mate. That is. That's why you don't see them big feet no more. Uh, yeah. Chris, what have you been watching? Oh, I have been on a, a pretty full-on M Night Shyamalan oh, adventure. Hey. <laughs> uh, so. I, I thought I have to watch Unbreakable mm-hmm. and then really I have to watch Glass. Yeah. So it's kind of a twofer, maybe this one. Um now so so Unbreakable, which yep. as you said, I think two thousand and one maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it is, yeah. For me it still held up really good. Yeah. Um don't know oh, whether yeah. whether it was better or worse to have seen Split first. I don't it didn't really seemed to impact it obviously one way or the other no um, no like unbreakable certainly yes yeah, so much going for it whether you've watched split afterwards or not um but yeah so um right so if i combine them all though but then i did like after having seen all three the fact that they've all got similarities they're all related but they all feel different enough as well that yeah you're not watching the same kind of thing each time um yeah, and and it was it was really fascinating to see Bruce Willis, who I haven't watched a film of his probably since he was diagnosed. So there was a bit of a mm-hmm. you know sort of hoping it was going to be a good one, and really I I guess um, it was a slightly different role than he would tend to have played. Mm. You know, normally yeah. more straightforward action. Um, but yeah, in this certainly, yeah, very subtle performance, but still very powerful. Um, yeah, really enjoyable, and like each of the characters plays well. And it, it is a, it's funny when I kept seeing all three of these films. You know, you see the covers pop up in different places, and just having mm. no idea what they're about. And then after seeing Split, it's like that. That is a bit more. Um, it, yeah, I suppose it's more horror, really, than Unbreakable is, and and just yeah, interesting how you know Unbreakable is the superhero side of it, but it, like, I think it could potentially it could have been underwhelming, but it, for me, it really was interesting to see. Yeah, how would you write a story about kind of a realistic superhero? Mm-hmm. Like that that isn't a, yeah very unusual idea. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he he managed that very well. Um, and and then leading into glass, I do think he he did tie them together reasonably well. I, 
Mm. I'd probably have to watch Glass again. It started to be, I suppose, as more elements come into it. Um, and I get the impression that he's, there's quite a lot of references throughout to each of them. Yeah. Um, potentially with like the law of how superheroes and villains come about. Um, yeah. And, uh, but again, it was, uh, it was good to see uh, Samuel Jackson in this as well. Um, yeah. He's, it's, it's a different kind of role to what you expect from Samuel L. Jackson as well. Yeah. It's not, it's not same as with Bruce Willis. Mm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You, you, uh, but, it's interesting that I hadn't thought about that, but what you said there, Chris, I think is it's it's interesting because both Unbreakable and Split are films that work utterly on their own. Yeah, yeah. They don't connect apart from that mm. tiny bit at the end. Yeah. And other than that, they are films that just could be watched by someone and they never have yeah, to see the other that's it. or mm. vice versa. And glass, you do need to. Yeah, that's that's where it's like, oh no, this has now become a a focus thing. Yeah. Um. And I, but I do think that. Um, yeah, there's a weird thing with watching it, like you say, after sort of um, Bruce Willis uh, and, and he's uh, like becoming ill. Yeah. And, it's a weird thing to see it when it's like sort of like you know him as David Dunn, but it's David Dunn, and it is he is twenty years older, mm. you know, and it's sort of yeah, just he sort of he kind of is it, it's odd because his character kind of becomes retains that fragility. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, which and again, it's part of the thing. It's unbreakable, but actually. Physically, it's, he is unbreakable, but not, um, not mentally. You know, he's not. He's a fairly fragile. Yeah, character. yeah. Um, Which you don't normally get with superheroes. You know, if you look at the absolutely. Marvel universe or whatever, they are. You know, a, a, apart from Iron Man, obviously having his panic attacks, like they're pretty much unshakable for everything they go through. Yeah, whereas he is, as you say, is far more grounded in reality. And, yeah. And it is far more realistic. I think well, we, that we did a great job of writing it. Already. Yeah, like because that that is a, I would think that's a pretty hard thing to take on, and I think it could have failed miserably. Potentially, it could have mm. just been this is, you know, really just awful. But yeah, no, there was enough facets to the whole thing, um, and especially bringing in the psychologist, um, and in this one where there's you know there's a twist with her um, her intentions. Which comes out at the end. I sort of don't want to give away necessarily too much, but um... I mean, to be honest, Sarah Paulson walked in, and I was like, "You're up to something." Yeah, <laughs> in an up American horror story today. Yeah, I'm not a woman to be trusted. Um, and then, and so, and what I was wondering was how are they, how is this going to end, really? Because normally, in a superhero movie, it is going to be a full-on battle at some point, and it, and they it's... were heading towards that, and it's like. Hmm. Okay, yeah, but but then that that wouldn't have fit really. So I actually did like the way it became then just a very subdued ending. Like they both got killed, you know, in unspectacular ways. Really, yeah. compared to what a, a superhero or villain would normally. 
and, and I think that's why, because a lot of people didn't like Glass, or a lot of the fans mm. didn't like Glass. And well, I yeah, think, right, okay. I think it's because they didn't get that. But uh, yeah. it is almost the point, because, like you say, uh, them fighting on top of a building yeah, that's about that to would be ridiculous, is the end surely. of a superhero yeah. movie, yeah. not a Barney in the car park. Yeah. You know, which is... <laughs> But again, that feels. It, that, to me, it, that worked really. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and because it, it is so much about the character, like, and and that is something I think um, M Night Shyamalan really gets well. And I'll go into that with the next film that I watched of his. Um, it, like, he has such great character interactions. Like they're intense, but also subtle and and deep. And there's like it's it's people. They seem to really they're trying to work out what is your intention, who are you, and. What, what is happening here and it's so yeah i don't i think i'm really starting to like the way he writes his characters um yeah i mean i'm i'm definitely finding it fascinating to watch them all so i th- i think it's actually the weirdest thing is is that he has made the in terms of just pure ent- like how they work mechanically mm. if you like he's made the perfect superhero franchise mm. because you can watch two of them without having to know any knowledge of the other and they are entertaining and good, you know, films within their own right. Yeah. And then you've got a matchup, but that matchup, and you make sure that there is no way you get another film afterwards. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, right, so we've revealed to you that these two stories are intertwined. Mm. Right. But we are stopping here. And again, that's kind of like almost what you'd need with a superhero thing. It's like, no, we're doing it. Stop and stop. Yeah. yeah we're Don't not come back to it in six time. years. Yeah. Don't turn it into a TV series. Don't milk mm. it. Just let it be good. This is, yeah. So, yeah. I think we've said that about a few other ones that <laughs> mm. it makes sense to do it. Yeah. So, so no, I really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm definitely glad I've seen all three and that we covered Split. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Now, <laughs> so I twice have tried now to watch Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> now, obviously, massive fan of the originals. Um, Love the Ash versus Evil Dead series. I didn't mind the reboot they did a few years ago. I I saw it at the cinema. I was entertained with it enough. It, it did what... Yeah. I, a reboot needed to do, which was bring it more up to date and set it for a new audience, but without without changing too much. It gave, it just gave it a modern feel for effectively mm. a, a similar story. So I went into this with medium expectations, and I'd heard mm. loads of people whose opinions I generally trust saying good things. Uh, I think we got about half an hour into it the first time at which point jennifer said to me um i don't know about you but i don't give a shit about this can we <laughs> stop it and watch something else um, <laughs> which we did uh and my plan was to go back after she went to bed and finish watching it but i just found i had no inclination whatsoever and i was to say you know i was so vanilla to it it was just kind of happening um but i thought no no i'm gonna give it another go so i'm gonna watch it one day on my own shut myself away in the screening room and just have a go at it 
uh, and I carried on from where I left off. I think I got another 15 minutes or so in from where I'd stopped it the first time. Yeah, and I just could not go on any further. It is so absolute shit. So it's... it's funny. So what? Yeah, what have they got so wrong? Ah, uh, there's so the characters are. It's uh, so the problem is again. It's so the pre-credit sequence was really good. So the first five minutes of the film before you get the title sequence was mm. really good and really strong. And I was like, oh, I like this. It's you know, it's going to do something new with it but everything just felt so contrived and terrible like the characters are completely unrealistic there's no real development to any of them the film's only an hour and a half and as I say it's probably 10 minutes before the title sequence comes up so the rest of the film feels quite squashed like everything's happening Mm. one thing on top of the other uh there was no lighting in it the entire thing is in the i watched it at night in the dark and couldn't tell half of what was going on um yeah i I didn't think any of the performances were any good so i couldn't even get drawn into that um and then the, the thing i finally turned off at is they tried to do that thing where in a good film it feels great but in a bad film it really does suffer from trying to put scenes from the previous versions yeah. into it. Yeah. So it was a bit like they'd tried to so it's it's all set in a tower block. Um, but they but the staircase has collapsed, so they're stuck in it. So they've made it in like an urban environment, but they're all trapped mm-hmm. together. Um but yeah, they they tried to they, it felt like the Oh, you know the scene where someone's eye pops out and it flies into someone else's mouth? Well, you liked that in the original, so we're going to redo that, but it feels entirely out of context. And this yeah. is in this is not a, horror, a comedy movie. So that worked in the originals because it was it was 50% comedy and 50% horror, and in this it just didn't. So it's really weird that it's not a comedy. No, I know, and it really... Yeah, and I, I think that's what it is. It, I know because you'd go in movie, expecting that, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So the first Evil Dead was a, a horror movie, and then it was comedy. It, it had comedy in it, but it was definitely horror. And then it was yeah. the next two were comedy horror. Mm. Evil Dead Two is essentially a, a comedy comedy remake of one. Yeah. And then mm. Army of Darkness is its own mad fucking thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So you do kind of go, okay. So they made the first film, and then they settled into this comedy horror. So I mm. again. But after the reboot wasn't comedy at all. I was kind of set up mm. for that. Um, oh, yeah, it was just so terribly done. And I just couldn't, could not get on board with anything about it. I don't know what other people saw in it that I didn't. I was so disappointed with it. Um, what, has, what has been the general reaction then? Yeah, Some I, people I mean, really like it. Seems to be fairly positive. I, don't, okay. I, I haven't seen anyone... I haven't seen anyone sling down the gauntlet of it's the best one mm. in the series or anything, but yeah, a lot of people just seem to seem to have enjoyed it. And yeah, I mean, to be honest, everything, even even those reviews that were positive, what I read from them, I was like, nah, I probably won't bother. <laughs> and yeah. now I cert- now I certainly won't. So <laughs> definitely don't because it's you know it's just. And it, again, it hasn't come down in price either. So, you know, you, you pay full price for it and you can't even mm. make it to the end. You're like, well, that's 20 quid that I have just pissed <laughs> away because, like, I, uh, 
Yeah, because you're, you're loyal. Don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I feel I'm fairly forgiving. So I was like, do you know what? Even if I don't enjoy the film, generally I can enjoy the performances or the sets or the, the yeah, you get something, something from I it. Can yeah, get out of it. But everything about this was absolute dog tod. I just couldn't. <laughs> couldn't enjoy oh, it. I'm very tempted to watch it now. <laughs> just, I, I think you just gotta see. Yeah. Yeah. You, well well if you do, Chris, you can report back. Yeah. And let us know. Um yeah, so that's all I have to say on that absolute fucking monstrosity. Um Lee hate everything about it. Yeah. Adam, back to you. Uh back to me. Right. Uh I'm going back to the nineteen seventy seven. And Ooh, uh, it's a good year. It's a vintage, that one. It's a vintage. Uh, I watched, uh, with the sad demise of Network, I've been looking to make sure that I'm sort of, anything in their back catalogue, I'm sort of looking towards as like, oh, yeah, I did it. I quite fancy that. And I just get the feeling that some of it will just disappear. So, Mm -hmm. um, So I investigated King of the Castle, which is a, Kids TV show from 1977. It is fucking mad as shit. <laughs> it is fucking great. It is pissing insane. Someone put someone put online. Uh, I saw like a review online, and it said Franz Kafka rewrites Alice in Wonderland, <laughs> and it is it's just barking. It's great. Basically, it's this kid who lives on a council estate, um, but has also won like a music scholarship. Mm. Um, to the sort of local posh school, so all the kids on the rest of the estate hate his guards. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets bullied by a, a very young Jamie Foreman, uh, and like the kids who hang around on the stairs. Um, his dad's a jazz musician who seems about as useful as a wet wank in Rygate, and his stepmom cares, but yeah, just that's it, really. <laughs> just, yeah. Um, and um. Yeah, in the middle of like being chased by these kids, he gets in a lift, and it falls uh, falls down the shaft because the um, it's out of order. Falls to the bottom of the shaft, and then he wakes up in a weird other reality that's a castle that mm. is kind of based on the tower block, and all the people he meets in the castle world are played by the same people he meets in the real world. Uh, yeah. So, like, the master of keys in the castle is the caretaker of his uh, block of flats. That sounds and like his amazing. teachers turn up, and the police who are looking, and the police who are uh, have been called because there's an accident, and like, so, and like his mum and dad, and yeah, mm. and it's just so fucking strange. It's got all the real world stuff is filmed on location on film, and all the weird stuff is in the studio on video. So it immediately just creates an utter shift. And the weird thing is they've got such a good bunch of actors. I'm not extending that to the child actors as much, but they've got but you've got like Fulton Mackay's in it and um uh Milton Johns and um Telfin Thomas, the <laughs> Welshman was in Dadzani. He's he's in it and he's like a real major character is fucking great in it um but all the people in real life it's all the adults and sort of that he's encountered really um in the real world it's done very realistically and sort of almost documentary fly on the wall sort of looking 70s kitchen sink drama 
But in the other reality, they're all panto. So they're all heightened and weird and like grotesques and mm, stuff like that. Wow. And it's a really weird thing because you sort of watch it and it's like, no, I know this is a choice because I can see you in the real, in the bits in the real world playing really straight and playing really for real. So it's like, I know that this is a, a choice that's been made that everyone sort of gets bigger and more caricatured in the uh, other yeah. reality. And yeah, he gets mixed up with bureaucracy. Um, at one point, he becomes king of the castle and basically within half an hour is a fucking tyrant. And <laughs> like, it's just, it's, yeah. fucking, it's fucking great. It just is. And can you please mention my favorite line about this orange squash? Oh, yeah. The bit where he's, uh, he's sitting at home and his stepmom comes in and she says, Oh, I've got this, uh, I've got a new drink. It's uh, Satsuma flavor. That'd be a change from orange, wouldn't it? <laughs> um and it's yeah and it's written by it's written by two guys called bob baker and dave martin who did loads of 70s doctor who stories a lot of the weirder ones and also um it's and one of them went on to write the wallace and gromit stuff mm. um bob baker went on to write wallace and gromit and it's produced by a guy with an amazing name patrick Dromgoul. Ooh, and he um, he also did Children of the Stones and Robin of Sherwood, so he's got like lineage with weird ITV, you know. I've got Children of the Stones all queued up. I think because I've never seen it, I think I'm going to try and watch it all on Friday. It's a belter, mate. It really is fucking good. Yeah, I've heard very good things about it, and as I mentioned off mic just now, I've been I've just gone down a rabbit hole, two and a half hours of watching. Uh, the cool <laughs> dudes walking club, um, mm. yeah, and they went to Avebury and he kept referring back to our good children of the stones. Is so I think I'm finally gonna get off my ass on Friday and watch all of that, yeah, go for it, sir. It's a fucking treat, it really is. But I think I'm now going to add King of the Castle to that as well because that sounds yeah. seriously, it's so fucking mad, it really is. Because, like, his teachers, um, like, so there's two teachers in the castle world one of them is a mad scientist who has built the other one like frankenstein <laughs> and then frankenstein the, the frankenstein creature chases the kid around to steal his voice oh my it's God, really yeah. weird and macabre but also yeah it's yeah watch it <laughs> it's fucking magical <laughs> excellent fantastic uh chris all right um so i was going to put in a black mirror episode but seeing as we've got 10 minutes left Instead of talking much about it, I'm just going to say, I don't think it was horror, so it doesn't matter anyway. Oh, right. <laughs> what episode? <laughs> Season six, episode one, Joni's Awful. It was an excellent episode. It was Have excellent. Seen the first two, the next episode uh, is horror. Okay, all right. Me, I, will, I will continue on then. So yes. wait, wait, what, episode two or episode three? Episode two. Right, okay. All right, that's yeah. easy. But no, yeah, Joni's Awful was pretty good, though. It's very meta, and it made me think of Rick and Morty. Which also yeah. not really, really horror mostly, but yeah, so um, good stuff. Um, but yeah, so instead, I will talk about my other one, which was the other M Night Shyamalan recommended. Well, I think I'm pretty sure it's recommended by Lee. I'm fairly certain you said you liked Knock Knock at the Cabin. Yes, I did very yeah, right. much. So. Okay, no, it was funny, right? So I, I saw, I, like, I was trying to work out what I didn't like about it because everything seemed great. And I don't know if it was just the fact that it was based on a religious idea that set me up for just being a little bit like, mm, I sort of, I find it harder to believe this than obviously all the other millions of things that we watch that are clearly not real in any way whatsoever. But 
you happily watch. But by the end, I was completely like, yeah, don't even care about that in the slightest. Like, it was just, that was a great setup for creating such an intense and unfolding. And it's one of those where, like I said earlier about um, the the trilogy. Yeah. Um, it Like, it's real people, like, in, in a sort of extraordinary, supernatural kind of situation. How, what you do there, and and that is what, M. Night, I think, did fantastically was how do real people interact in these sort of situations? Like, how do you know who you can trust out of any of them? What are they going to do next? And so it's that sort of, there's a subtlety to it that becomes very intense. And it, it absolutely, and it totally drew me in as well. Cause, you yeah. know, as you say, at the beginning when they first arrive, yeah, you're like, what is going on here? Through, Spoiler free, sorry. Yeah, I was very well. They're just nutters. They're just... Yeah, yeah. And then the more you get drawn yeah. into it, you're like, maybe it's not imaginary. Yeah. And then you, yeah, and then you start, and then you're you're on that ride with them. Absolutely. And it, and it just that yeah. was what I loved about it was the fact that you start off a hundred percent on one side mm. of the fence, and you can't imagine anything changing your mind. Yeah. And it slowly starts worming its it does. way. Yeah, they all played it fantastically, like the roles yeah. that they had. Um, and, and it was nice to see Rupert Grint, who um, is a fairly different role to, to Blakey, you know, what I've seen him in. What was <laughs> that face. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 he did a fantastic job in it. He yeah. really, really did. Yeah, because he's someone who you totally be like, yeah, I don't trust you in the slightest. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, I'd absolutely recommend it. it. It hooked me all the way through to the end. Excellent. And, and David Bautista, again, slightly unusual role from what I've seen him in, mainly Guardians of the Galaxy and June. I think that's all I've seen him in, possibly. He's a fucking great actor. He's in Blade he Runner. Is. He is. Um, he's so. Oh, so I don't think who he was then when I saw Blade Runner. That's weird. He, oh, in he's Blade the replicant Runner, he's... right at the start who he retires. Oh, he goes like a farm. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to watch that again. Yeah. Okay. He totally stole that because that was the thing. I, mm. I was like you, Chris. I was like, oh yeah, Guns in the Galaxy. He yeah. can do like a comedy role. Yeah. But I can't see him in anything serious. Yeah. But... And when he comes in at the beginning of Blade Runner, he just fucking smashed it. It was uh, unreal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's a definite then. But yeah, no, and he was fantastic in this. Excellent. Right, Chris, don't watch The Village because we absolutely mm. need to be adding that to the list. Okay. Uh, and I want to discuss that one with you <laughs> when it comes up. So uh, cool. if you haven't watched that yet, don't watch that. Um, we are down to the last five minutes and I've got a little bit of housekeeping I want to cover off. So I will be very quick. Um, Adam lovingly bought me a book for my birthday uh, written by Stephen Volk, who did Ghostwatch. Mm. Um, and it's... It, so it's basically it's the stories of real people, but they're fictional stories about them. Uh, so there's one about so the first book story, the first book, first story in the book. Jesus Christ, my insomnia is fucking me in the head. Um, <laughs> the first story in the book is Peter Cushing. Um, mm. and it's a story about him. I, I, I won't give anything away. It's a really good read. So much darker and Chris, you'd love it. It's so yeah. fucking grim. Um, but all the way through, it's during the time that a series of the Hammer films were coming out. So I went back and uh... rewatched them because I realised I didn't remember them that well. Uh, so I to put three into one. Uh, over three nights, I watched Countess Dracula, 
the vampire lovers and twins of evil mm. the Carlstein trilogy yes ah. um, oh and i i'd i'd forgotten how classic these are like these are always it's kind of second tier but they're not at all they're every bit as good as any of the other classic bits um yeah totally blown away but again i, I bought them all on dvd i've watched them all once maybe um yeah and they went on the shelf and i kind of forgot about them but oh yeah what an awesome three nights that was sitting and watching all <laughs> of those so uh yeah, yeah sounds great. like me and has forgotten how good they are go and get stuck in um so housekeeping number one uh wanted to just say r.i.p julian sands um yes massive loss to horror that man what an absolute yeah legend of an actor mm. um yeah so terrible news to hear that he has uh been found but not in the way that we'd hoped he would be um and secondly we have been talking about it for a few weeks now there's been a bumper on the front of the last of the last few episodes uh regarding stories of ufos and the supernatural if anyone has any to share them um, I've had one shared with me personally, and I've had a couple of people Ooh. threaten to share them and ask when the deadline is, but we didn't have one. Um, we're going to be recording in about five weeks from tonight. So we're going to put in a deadline of the 31st of July. Uh, so if you would like deadline. to... <laughs> so if you would like to get your uh, stories in before them, we would very much appreciate them. As, uh, as I said on the bumper at the beginning, you can either write them and send them in and Adam will read them on your behalf. Otherwise, sorry, Adam, I've just volunteered you. No, um, that's that's fine, but be aware that I could do it in any number of accents. Oh, dear. Then, <laughs> oh, special, guest, special guest Werner Herzog will read your <laughs> oh, stories. <yeah. laughs> that sounds good. Um, night before Christmas. <laughs> or alternatively, if you would like to record them yourselves and send them to us uh, as a, as a, an audio file and we will listen to them and discuss them and put them into the episode. Um, the email for that is info at welcometohorror.com. So you can either email them typed out or in a, a sound bite and send them to us. Um, yeah. And we will discuss those on our next episode, along with the two stories that I teased before. Mm -hmm. um, rotten teams. One of which is oddly strange because it seemed very odd at the time, but it's something very close to an incident that has just happened um, to a group of people and is being touted as one of the biggest uh, UFO evidences to happen in the last couple of decades. So uh, we'll. Uh... Sorry, my my mind immediately went to when were you on a fucking submarine? <laughs> no, not the submarine. I'm sorry, it was just that. Yes. So get those in. Thanks very much for listening. Go and check out all the things we've been talking about tonight, apart from the ones that were wank. Obviously, don't do that. <laughs> um, and we next episode is Good evening, your host Lee here. Just to let you know, I am a total bellend and I'd been looking at the calendar completely wrong and the film that we did discuss doing for the next episode is actually coming in about a month's time. So just to let you know, the correct movie to be watching for our next episode is 1963's The Haunting. Thank you!
thanks ever so much for listening everybody good night good night